Hello, everybody. This is Tara with the Gone Talk with Tara podcast. Um, I missed tonight. I have been doing really well with keeping up with this and and not missing nights, even the night we were in Tennessee or in Kentucky. Uh, the the trouble with last night was I was driving um, when it was time for us to <laughs> do the podcast. And there was very little chance I was going to be able to concentrate as sleep deprived as I was on trying to talk and drive through mountains at the same time. So I am, I am certain of God's forgiveness for that. I pray that I will have y'all also. Um, we're going to start with prayer and then we're going to go ahead and move on from there. Father God. You know the weariness of my body at the moment and the weariness of my mind. And yet, Father, you also are able. And I know too, Father, that many times it is better for me to be a little weary because it is easier for you to make me small and make yourself large. So, Father, I ask, as always, that you would make me small tonight, that you would give me words that you want heard, that you would open ears, that you would carry this to those who need to hear of what you are doing and what you have done. I pray, God, that we would, mm, that we would exalt you, that we would magnify you, Father, in everything we do. And I pray that we would wait expectantly for what comes next and that we would be prepared, Lord God, to drop our nets and run with you. We thank you, Father, for all that you do and all that you are. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name and by your spirit and all for your honor and glory. So those of you who listened to the podcast the night before last know that uh, Corey and I took off on Sunday and went to Kentucky. I am currently running on... Mm, short naps. I had six hours of sleep after we got home at two o'clock this morning and I had probably maybe three hours of sleep in the morning before we left and I had some vague naps somewhere along the way um, over the course of Sunday and Monday. And yet I find that I'm not so sleepy that I can't be awake at 10 o'clock at night to talk to you, which is in itself a miracle. Um, normally, God gives me sort of a coherent theme to talk to you guys about, and he has not done that tonight. Uh, when I prayed about it and I asked what it is he wanted me to talk about, what I keep getting is testify, testify, the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. So I am going to talk a little bit about what happened as we set out on Sunday to go and meet God in Kentucky. And I am going to talk about some of what I have seen over the last little bit since I have come home and, and about the word, about what is going on there. So the leadership of Asbury is very cautious in calling this a revival or calling this an awakening. And I understand why, because truthfully speaking, they are hesitant to mm, 
they're hesitant to overhype it and as a result malign what is happening there. Their, their attitude is wait and see what comes of it and history will judge whether it is an awakening. And I understand what they're talking about and to some degree they may be wise in that. In fact, I'm certain they're wise in that. They're certainly wiser than I. They have been praying for this for far longer than I have. And yet at the same time, I can say with very strong confidence, as I noted to someone earlier today, it is an awakening for those who are there. And probably not for everyone who is there. But for many who are there. Someone had posted a, a criticism of a pastor saying that, you know, for true revival, there has to be preaching freedom to the oppressed and taking care of the poor and the hungry and the widows and the orphans. And we won't know if that happens or if it's just a, a long worship service. The reality is, is when you listen to the testimonies and you're not hearing, by the way, you're not hearing a lot of the testimonies coming out of there on social media because they are being very cautious and I'm so grateful for that. This is a very disconnected experience when it comes to technology. It's not disconnected there, and it's not disconnected from the greater kingdom of God, and it's not disconnected from God at all, but it is disconnected from the technology that we so frequently substitute for true connection with one another. And so you are seeing reports coming out, but those reports are coming from individuals who are sharing their own testimonies with their circles of friends. And you're not seeing all of the things that are being spoken of in that space. You're not seeing the things that are happening there. And that's a good thing because the reason that they have chosen to not live stream the whole thing. They have the capability, but they're not doing it. The reason they have chosen not to live stream everything that is going on is because this is a place of deep personal revelation, confession, breaking. It is a, it, it is a place where the Lord is breaking people down. And we don't like to hear that kind of thing from people because that sounds harsh and terrible and God is mean if he does that. But the reality is, is we have to be broken to heal. I've written about that and talked about that to people before. If we break a bone and it heals crooked and causes us pain, the only way to fix it is to break it again so that it will heal properly. And what you are seeing in the stories coming out of Asbury are people who are in bondage. They're people who are oppressed. They're people who are struggling with addiction, with depression, with anxiety, with pain, with loss, with abandonment, with being an orphan, with all of these things. And they've brought them here to this place. They have come hungry to see God. They have come desperate to see God and he is meeting them where they are and he is proclaiming freedom and deliverance and forgiveness and healing. And if you are going to judge whether or not this is a 
true revival based on whether or not you are seeing these things, then it is already a true revival. We are seeing people being fed. We are seeing people being healed. We are seeing people being delivered. We are seeing people set free. And that is the mark of a true revival. Now, will it last? That is a thing for another day, and I can't judge that, but I can tell you what I experienced in that place. And I can tell you how it is different from what I have experienced before. And it's a long story, so I don't know if all of it's supposed to come tonight. But here's the part that, that I can say before I get to the why I know this. I have been crying since I got home. It's not constant. It's just now and then, and I have been crying because I hear God speak. And there have been three or four separate occasions today where I was in the middle of of a normal day-to-day -day conversation with someone over something that I was touching base about, getting caught up with, doing, dealing with, and words came out of me that were God speaking to them. In the midst of the things going on in our lives, that God had words for those people that I was talking to. I didn't think about it. I wasn't asking for the Lord to see. It, it wasn't that. It was he had things that needed to be spoken that they needed to hear. Now, I know what that feels like normally for me. And it does. I, I mm, So we're going to touch on something that we're not going to talk too much about. We all have gifts. I know most of you listening to, to this recognize that there are gifts of the Spirit. We all have them. I have a prophetic gift, and that is something I have wrestled with and struggled with and fought against, and I really have a hard time sometimes reconciling that, and I have a, a always a difficult time stating that, that God has given me a prophetic gift of the Holy Spirit, that he uses me to speak his words to people that they need to hear. They're, they're connected to scripture, they're grounded in scripture, but they're not my words. And I know the difference between when my words are coming out of me and when God's words are coming out of me. And today he just did that on several occasions. And I am certain that he is going to continue to do that on multiple occasions. I'm also certain that that's why he's had me doing this podcast the way he has for the last couple of weeks. He needed me to be in a space of obedience so that when he gave me words, they would come out. Because normally when the Lord tries to use me in that way, I am resistant and I stifle myself or I think too hard about it or I try to figure out how to couch it and cushion it and I interfere with God and there's no interference right now that is the difference there's no interference there is a something that shifted in the last 48 hours that makes it so that when I have something to speak it just comes out and I don't second guess it. And I don't have the jittery thing in my stomach. And, <laughs> and so that's one thing. And that's a miracle in and of itself. Is that the Lord has freed me for joyful obedience to his call in my life when he asks me to do something. And I am not afraid 
of what someone else will think about that or how they will hear what I have to say. Now, that's not to say I'm never afraid. And that's not to say that I'm not still going to struggle with that because there's a phone call I have to make this week that I am praying for because it's important and it's somebody that I love deeply. And at the same time, it's somebody where there is a brokenness that needs healing and I can't do it. God can, and he's promising he will, but I'm, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. And that's always a nerve wracking feeling, but I am at peace right now with speaking the things that God puts in my heart and in my mouth, because I went and sat in a space where God is tangibly present and moving. More than that, I went and sat in a space with hundreds of other people coming and going, and God spoke directly to me in the way that things unfolded there. I'm going to touch on that, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you God's God wink and the story of how I wound up in Kentucky and what happened along the way. I started doing these podcasts I guess about two weeks ago. And I was hesitant about it and I did not listen to them. God told me to record them and post them. And I had a very strong aversion to listening to any of them. I had not listened to any at all except the one on partisans. And I had listened to that one very specifically for a reason. There was something that came up the next day that had me going back and listening to it because it was relevant and it cracked me up that it was so relevant to something that came up the following day. And so I've been recording these and I have been posting these and I have not been listening to them. Um, until we left for Kentucky. But I'll get to that in a minute because there was something else that happened. So on Friday night, Corey came home from work and I asked him if we could go to Kentucky after he got off work on Sunday. And he was like, yeah. And I was baffled and excited and ecstatic. And we went to Kentucky on Sunday when he got off of work. Um, now I wasn't going to go. Y'all heard that if you've been listening to the show that I had figured I couldn't, that that was not for me. I told y'all not drop your stuff and go because I had plans on Saturday and Corey had work on Sunday and I did not believe that I was going to go. I didn't think that that was something I could do. I didn't think I could be interrupted in the, the work that I had to do. And God told me to look at my calendar and pay attention because I was busy on Saturday and Sunday, but Monday and Tuesday were free and Corey didn't have to work again until Wednesday. And, and God said, go. And Corey said, yes. And so we planned and I was so excited all day Saturday, I was like walking on air, getting ready for Corey's dinner party. And, and it was a beautiful day. I was having so much fun and I was so excited. And I booked a hotel room <laughs> on booking.com. Um, that was like a secret deal and was way cheaper than it should have been. And I was all set and I was all excited. And then doubt hit. 
And I started to wonder, I was like, why are you going? Why are you going to, to Kentucky? What makes you think you should be there? You have no connection to Asbury. You're not in college there. I've been looking at taking classes there for ordination in the Global Methodist Church. There are Wesleyan courses you have to take. So I've been looking at Asbury, but as of now, I am not a student there. I'm not an alumni there. I have no connection to Asbury. I have no connection to Kentucky. And I'm like, why are you going? Why would God invite you to go to this place? There are so many other people there that, that need this. And why are you going there? Um, and I, I brushed that off. I didn't really think about it. I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, you're just being, you're just doubting yourself. It's no big thing. You're going to Kentucky. It's going to be awesome. You're going to go see God. And shortly after I started having those doubts, I read, I had mentioned that we were going on Facebook and I read two or three different posts from people who are connected to Asbury, who have been students there, who have been praying, who have been praying for awakening for years, for decades. And their, their accounts were, I'm not going. It kills me not to be there, but I'm not going because this is for the next generation. This is for um, the young people. This is not for me. I'm going to pray from a distance and I'm so grateful to see what's going on. We've been praying and praying and praying, but I'm not going because we can't all go to Kentucky. And I began to question. I was like, well, if these people who I know love the Lord and who have been part of this awakening movement for years and who have been diligently serving God for years, if they're not going and they're connected, how dare I go? And then I got to church on Sunday morning and my pastor actually opened his sermon talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Asbury. And he is a graduate of Asbury And obviously he lives as far away from Kentucky as we do because he's the pastor at the church. I just, you know, we, we're attending. And he talked about how he longed to go, but was not going to go because this was not for him. And I sat there and I was listening to him and I'm like, Lord, did I hear you wrong? Is this the wrong thing to be doing? And I started to hear God speak as I was, I was running slides and as I was running the slides and I was listening to the worship service beforehand and I was listening to the sermon. And as I'm listening to the sermon, I am hearing the Lord speak in my head. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am, Lord, send me. And I kept hearing that and feeling warmth on my lips. And I knew that I was supposed to go, but at the same time, I needed so much to be sent. And I went in, asked for prayer at the end of the service and went home and finished the things I needed to do, still kind of tearing up, knowing God was moving because I can feel that. And that is my response a lot of times is tears. And 
we got everything together. I picked up Corey from work. He finished his homework while I caught a nap and, and we left late with a plan that if we were, if I was too tired to keep driving, we brought sleeping bags and we crashed out in the car for a little while. And we got into Wilmore later than we'd meant to in the day. And it was probably running up on, um, maybe a little afternoon by the time we got there. And we walked in and we went up into the balcony because it was fairly packed. Um, and there was a group of people on stage playing music. And I sat down in a seat and I waited, wondering why I was there. Because at the moment, it felt like a worship service. It was, you know, there were still people up on stage singing specific songs and uh, and it didn't have the sense that everybody had been talking about that you walk in the doors and there's just this peace that settles on you. And I'm like, I think maybe I'm just a little rushed and a little tired. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait and I'm going to see what God does. And as I was sitting there and it was, you know, time was passing on and I was beginning to feel as though maybe I had mistaken things. Maybe I wasn't hearing God right. Maybe this wasn't for me. Maybe it was for somebody else. Maybe um, maybe I just hadn't been listening carefully enough. And as I was sitting there, I looked up <laughs> and J.D. Walt walked through the door into the balcony area um, one row in front of me and I had three seats right there next to me. I'm like, JD. And he's like, hi. And he came and sat next to us with his kids and listened to the sermon and, or listened to the music. And, and shortly after Dave Thomas came out to teach and he listened to the sermon and I could hear him weeping periodically. And I understood because I could hear myself weeping periodically too, as I was listening to Dave talk about the things that were going on. And I was listening to him talk about the need in the church. And all I was hearing over and over as I was listening to him talk was echoes of things I knew I had said because I listened to my podcasts on the way to Kentucky. And I listened to all of them. I listened to the first several of them on the way to Kentucky. And I was listening to the things that I had been speaking and hearing what I had been saying, and I was shocked at how everything that I had been talking about had been popping up a day or two after, and everything that had been in those those messages that God had been giving me um, was coming up in the teaching that Dave was was giving on the day that we got there. As I'm listening, I'm hearing echoes of the things I had just been listening to that the Lord had been using me to speak. And I was floored. I was, and, and I, I knew, I knew when JD walked in that God was saying something. Because here's the thing. I'm not a student at Asbury. Um, I'm not an alumni there. I've not graduated from there and I don't live in Kentucky. But the pastor who drew me back to God left our church in Georgia 
to attend Asbury University and, and teach or preach at one of the, the churches up there. Now, he didn't graduate from there, but he did go there. One of my next pastors in that church um, did go to Asbury for a little while, had connections to Asbury, and he connected me to the New Room Conference before New Room Conference was a conference. It was a regional meeting that they had um, a couple of months before they had the very first New Room Conference, which came out of people at Asbury and out of Seedbed at Asbury. And I met Kevin Watson before Kevin Watson became a household name in Methodist circles. And I heard Carolyn Moore speak at that before she became um, such a dynamo in the Wesleyan movement and such a, a source of grace to people. And I prayed around that table for awakening in the churches. And I prayed in that space and I prayed for the first time ever. I prayed in a space where the Holy Spirit was resonating and moving between people. And I prayed there with people who had very strong connections to Asbury. I've been taught about what Asbury is. And I have learned to revere that space and these people and what God does there. And that's the key. It's not the people. It's the God that these people serve. And so a few years ago, I began doing things with Seedbed as far as their online classes when um, it was interesting. They were just starting a video study called Supernatural with Carolyn Moore when COVID hit. They had already had it in preparation. They had never done anything like it before. But they started this, this video study where they would do short videos and daily readings in a Facebook group full of people that would come together once a week to watch a video together and would converse during the week about what was going on in the study that we were doing. And it was a deep study. It was on the supernatural experiences of the disciples when they were sent out in Luke 9. Um, and what it looks like to carry the, the the gospel, to carry the message of the kingdom of God and cast out demons and heal sicknesses, what that looked like and why it's important for us to recapture that understanding of who God is. And so that was, that was the beginning of COVID for me. I was in a hotel room between houses with my dog, my kid, and my husband and hiding in the bathroom to do Zoom meetings for my small group that was no longer meeting. And an hour and a half away from everybody I knew and cared about. And I was connected to the people at Seedbed through that study. And I continued on doing those studies as they evolved into, I want to say it was the Awakening course was the next one. And then the Christian New Year was the next one. And those were different because those were Zoom meetings with 100, 200, 300 people that came together and we were given time to speak and talk to one another and know one another. And JD was engaged with the people there and talking and we were praying for awakening. We were praying for awakening and connections formed out of that. And these people love God and we've all been praying for awakening and then out of that, we did a, a course on healing and prayer 
Um, and I took that class, that Zoom class with um, Bud Simons and Steve Seaman and, and several other people. And out of that class, I was invited to be a part of the prayer team at New Room Conference the year before last. And I wasn't going to go. And God made the pathway clear for me to go to New Room Conference that year and be a part of the prayer team there where I met JD and I met Mark Benjamin and I met Bud Simons and I met Steve Siemens and I met the people who are connected to the awakening movement that is pouring through Asbury right now. And I made connections with them. I prayed with them. I learned to pray better with them. I learned to hear God with them. I learned what it looks like to be awakened. I prayed with them every day. Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. Your turn. Christ will shine on you. I pray with the wake-up call, Jesus, I belong to you. And so when I got there and I felt like an outsider and like I didn't belong and that that was not for me, that I was somehow sneaking in, stealing what God had sent for someone else. And he sent J.D. Walt, who I had prayed over last year at New Room Conference as he knelt at the altar head down. The Lord sent me to him to place my hand on his back and to lean down and to tell him, John David, well done, good and faithful servant. And the JD that God sent me to at the end of the conference during the consecration ceremony, and he anointed my head with oil and told me that I was a firebrand and that I just needed to go, that it would be easy. I just needed to go. That JD, who I see through a screen and who my heart mm, probably comes close to idolizing and I need to work on that, that who is such an amazingly humble man who loves God with everything he is and shares that with so many people. When he walks in the room and sits down next to me with his children and weeps because the Lord is speaking and I have the opportunity to sit there and be a part of that with him. And then later the Lord puts him in front of me so that I can share that with him, that he has been a blessing. That I can say to him, this is what the devil was saying in my head that I was not supposed to come. And then you walked through the door and I knew. And I listened to Dave Thomas, who I love listening to. And I didn't expect to be there. And we saw Mark Benjamin show up to lead worship. And Dan Wilt was there down front praying. These are people that I have spoken with. That I know. That I love. And when I come to JD and I say, and I didn't think I was supposed to be here because I don't have a connection. He says, these are your people. Of course, you're supposed to be here. God is speaking. In this past week before I left, 
the Lord sent my other pastor to ask me if I had ever considered ordination and affirm the fact that that is something I'm supposed to be doing. He sent JD to remind me that, yes, I did hear him correctly to begin with. And then he sent myself, <laughs> which is just hilarious. He sent myself in the form of these podcasts to tell me that, yes, indeed, I actually am hearing him. And I'm speaking the things that he needs spoken to the people that hear me. Just like he is speaking the same things through Dave Thomas sometimes way better than he speaks them through me, probably a lot of times, or he's speaking them through JD, or he's speaking them through Mark and through thousands, millions maybe, of other people. The time has come for us to awaken from our slumber. He is moving and he is pouring out his spirit to light fires in the students that have come there, but not just in the students, in the babies that are there, in the in the grandparents that are there, in everyone who comes to seek him will find him. When they seek him with your their whole heart, when you seek me with your whole heart, you will be found by me, or I will be found by you. Ugh, this is what happens when I'm tired. God loves us and he's inviting us and he doesn't need us to come to Kentucky to invite us. He just needs to have us listen. But some people he did want them to come. Do you know why? I know why. I know why. Because I needed the hot coal on my lips and I needed to be told. I needed to be told that I belong as part of this. And I needed to know that in my heart. And I needed to pray there in the midst of all of those people for God to seal those children and for God to pour out his spirit and for God to awaken us and to feel him answer me. I needed to pray and ask for what I needed to repent of and to feel him answer me. And he did and he does. And in doing that, he fills so that now here at home, it flows out and it will keep flowing out and I will keep listening and I will keep doing. I went to Kentucky for Pentecost. The Lord is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. I told my husband, I am a little disappointed when it doesn't come with room-shaking wind and tongues of fire. And I am a little, and yet at the same time, God gave me visions of light and had me draw them. He gave me visions of darkness and Christ reaching down from heaven to pull people out to bridge that gap and the Holy Spirit flowing through him into all of those places where we are dark to cleanse us and draw us and, and lift us. And then he calls us to share that. He calls me to share that. And he says that I am enough with his help to do that well and build his kingdom. And the messages that he has been giving me for people today all come back to one. Jesus loves you. 
It's so important for us to know that, and we don't. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he wants to wipe away your doubt, and he wants to wipe away your tears. He wants to wipe away the darkness and the hurt and the pain and the broken. He wants to straighten you and touch you. He wants to take your hand and tell you to stand up and walk. He wants to cleanse your heart so that you know that your sins are forgiven and he wants to break the chains of everything that binds you he wants you to be whole and holy and he has the power to do that if you're willing to accept it he's pouring out a spirit he's pouring out a spirit to show us that he is able and he is willing. And he's asking who will come. And who will go for us. I went to get lit. <laughs> as I put it to JD. I went to get lit. And I don't mean that as in a bottle. I don't need that. And I never really have. But I went to get lit. The fire needed to be lit. And that's what the spirit does. Is he lights the flame. And I intend to carry it as far as he will let me. I pray you will too. I pray that you will find somebody who has gotten lit with the fire of the Lord. And that you will put your candle into that flame and carry it forward. Because that's what all those people going to going over to Hughes Auditorium and going to Asbury are doing. It is good to go sit in the presence of the Lord. It is good to go bask there for a little while. It is good to desire to stay in the presence of Jesus for a while. But we're not there to sit and to soak it in. We're there to get lit and to take it out. And that's what each of these is, these, these kids is doing. That's what all of these adults are doing. They're there to get lit and to take it home, to go light fires in their homes, in their people, in their communities, in their churches, in their cities, and in their towns, in their states, all across the world. The Lord is lighting firebrands there in that space. And he did it there. Somebody asked about that. And I, I know that there are probably a number of reasons. But I think one of the reasons that he does it there is because for whatever reason, the people in that town and the people in that university and the people in that seminary are uniquely equipped to absorb thousands of people coming in and flowing out without it making the whole thing break down. I don't know how they've done that, but it's been the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So if you need to get lit, go find somebody that is burning for Jesus Christ. Get close enough to them to catch the flame. God is not stingy with his spirit. He wants us all to be filled and overflowing. I think that's all for tonight. I'm sure that there's more down the line. But for tonight, it's time. It's time for us to awaken. This is an awakening. It's time for us to carry that out. And it's time for us to see the kingdom come. Father God, I pray that you would just continue that outpouring 
until everyone who needs to be there has gotten there, Father. I pray that every person who has gone there, Lord, whether they felt it or not, has been changed, has been transformed. I pray that your spirit, Lord God, would continue to work and move in each person there and that they would go out transforming the world around them through the power of the spirit that is in them. Lord God, let us be your love in the world. Let us be your light in the world. Let us be a fire, Lord God, that burns away everything that is not from you. Let us, Lord God, go in your strength and in your love and your compassion and in your joy. And Lord, let us repent of anything that holds us back from that and deliver us from all of it, Lord God. Thank you for all that you are doing. Thank you for this amazing time. Thank you for your provision and your guidance. And thank you. Thank you most of all, Father, for the absolute certainty that I belong to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all be blessed. Be a blessing.